The city governments of Aurora, Colorado, and Alexandria, Virginia, are among the public sector and major nonprofit organizations assisted by the Denver-based Omni Institute. Omni is one of those behind-the-scenes organizations providing the necessary research, evaluation, and capacity-building support that can have a strong positive impact in the areas of community health, economic security, children, families, and justice. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. At its core, the Omni Institute strives to increase access to services and to grow community understanding and awareness of mental health. Their work effectively determines which services work best and are tailored specifically for each individual Omni community. On this edition, we learn more as we continue our conversation with Omni Institute founder and CEO, Ms. Jean Denias. State and local level government are our clients of ours, and you see amazing work being done uh, in, in those settings that you're right, a lot of times people don't know about it, or they have preconceived notions um, about what government is capable of doing or how it operates. And, yeah. uh, you know, every, gov- every government, uh, local or statewide, is, is different, but we have ex- experienced, you know, observing tremendous change in progress, uh, both in Colorado and in other states that we work with, for example, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Um, so many folks in government who are truly dedicated to making real change, uh, that want to use data to drive their decision making, that want to, you know, meaningfully engage their their community level grantees in yeah. the work. Uh, and using evaluation, you know, so many people think evaluation or research is about monitoring whether you did something right or wrong and, and accountability. But there's so much more to it. It's really about using data to learn and 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 refine your work and improve. And it's a constant loop of um, using that data to then um, you know shift program design or anything else that you learn from the data and then you continually iterate and refine the work. And um, I, I will say too, you know, local government, uh, maybe people don't know this, but it's often um, a place where great innovation happens. People mm-hmm. are coming together across systems saying there's got to be a better way. Um, and we are willing to uh, test out innovative approaches to, to have better outcomes for our community. And, and we're, we see that in, in a lot of different areas. One, for example, is in um, the intersection of justice and behavioral health. So okay. a lot of our work is um, supporting those who are trying to reform justice system approaches where, you know, uh, a cornerstone is trying to reduce unnecessary system involvement for folks um, that don't really need to or shouldn't be in the system. Sure. Um, and unmet behavioral health care needs are a key driver of that. And so, for example, there are multiple communities that we've been working with who are implementing something called co-responder programs. Now, these look different in every community. Folks um, implement them or, or design them a little bit differently depending on the unique needs of the community. Um, but what's great about it is mm-hmm. these are professionals coming together across systems at the local level to better coordinate and collaborate. So, for example, um, you have law enforcement and healthcare professionals coming together to respond to um, calls in the field that are really behavioral health crises. Uh, And instead of that person unnecessarily being diverted into the justice system or um, resulting in arrest, instead they're getting the care that they actually need. And so these, these types of innovative programs are 
primarily happening uh, in, in government settings. Some of the work you all are doing or some of the findings you, you have developed, you know, contribute well to, for example, the STAR program in Denver mm-hmm. where um, – where they are going out on calls, not necessarily the way it was originally thought of putting the uh, putting putting the therapist or the help along with the police officer. No star, they get mm-hmm. they get their own calls. Right, and that's an example of how um, this general approach looks a little bit different in every yeah. community. Um, you know, in other situations, for example, I work in the city of Alexandria, Virginia. They pair a specially trained law enforcement officer with a licensed behavioral health clinician, and they respond in tandem to calls. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, there's other models that look slightly different in terms of how folks are trained and, and, and coordinating um, services out mm-hmm. in the field. But they, they have that same underlying goal of um, diverting folks from unnecessary system involvement and better connecting them to the care that they need. Yeah, good, good. You also did something called the Colorado HIV Needs Assessment. Sometimes you think or or the general public would think HIV is something that urban settings have to worry about. Mm. But in doing the Colorado Needs Assessment, you also had to look at what rural communities are struggling with as well. That, that's correct. And that's an example, too, you know, speaking of government, this was uh, a needs assessment that was conducted on behalf of uh, both the Denver Department of Public Health and Environment and the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. And, you know, what's, what's nice about this process is it's used to then inform state-level priorities for um, where they need to, to direct resources and support so that they're looking to the community to understand where the needs are greatest. They're looking to providers to understand where needs are greatest and where there's opportunity to leverage um, you know, existing resources so that the resulting strategic plan and the way that funding is allocated is responsive to, to those realities and those needs. Um, and uh, you know, as you said, Obviously, in urban areas, you know, with higher uh, population density and other factors, you, you're, you're going to have potentially, you know, higher prevalence or different numbers of folks who are either living with HIV or who are vulnerable to acquisition of HIV. Um, but it, 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 um, it cuts across geographies. It cuts across populations. Right. Um, and so it's really important to, to get that statewide picture. And even if perhaps there's fewer folks in rural areas, there's often uh, much more severe health care shortages. Um, folks have to drive much longer to access care or the, the full um, range of care may not be available in those areas as it is in more urban centers. Um, so those things really kind of intersect to, to um, create a picture of where needs may be equal mm-hmm. but different in different areas of the state. You helped lead the development of an Aurora toolkit. Was that in response to the Elijah McLean incident? That's actually a, a broader effort, um, but you know, I I appreciate you bringing that up because I think that all of these um, events that really shake the foundation of communities and you know undermine trust in our institutions and systems mm-hmm. have uh, you know have a downstream effect on community health and well-being. Um, now, this project uh, was really about taking an opportunity to do a full landscape analysis to understand um, Aurora's particular needs as well as assets. And really, fundamentally, what it came to be about is 
understanding how funders need to work with and support communities. So yeah. you know, the old school approach to philanthropy uh, and foundation, which we, it's really starting to be less the case, but it is still prevailed in some places, not really in Colorado, but is that foundations decide what the priority issues are or uh, philanthropic organizations decide that. And then they, they direct funding to people who want to carry out um, work that that addresses those particular issues and priorities. And there's a lot of, you know, constraints and conditions placed on requirements for funding and application processes and so forth. What we're seeing now is sort of a sea change, and Mackenzie Scott is a great example of this happening at the national level. Um, A sea change towards something called trust-based philanthropy, which is really recognizing um, that communities are the experts on what their particular needs are and uh, what their priorities should be. And, Foundations and funders need to look to communities to help educate them on what they should be resourcing. And as well, then you part of that trust-based philanthropy is not mm-hmm. putting so many constraints or conditions on those those um, those funds, because that really does sort of um, curtail ability to be strategic, to think long-term, to think big, um, and to adapt to evolving circumstances. And so, really, the 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 underscoring, I think, lesson learned from that work is that trust-based philanthropy is a valuable direction to continue heading in. And the the toolkit itself, yeah, you know, it has a lot in there, but part of it is it provides some concrete tools and processes for uh-huh. communities where you want the funders and community members to be working and collaborating together more closely to develop a shared understanding of, of what the needs and the strategies should be. And so the toolkit provides some, some guidance and tips and tools for how communities and funders can undertake that work together. The thing that jumps out me more or in, in, in that our listeners need to know about is that you see a problem, an issue, or a challenge a community has or an organization has, and then later on you see something, some actions being taken and some things being done about it. It's organizations like Omni that do the research in the middle, which teach those mm-hmm. people doing the actions how to get there. That's correct. And I think what's special and impactful about our the way we do that work is that we are really um, generating those learnings and recommendations in partnership with the clients and communities we're working with. We're not sort of yeah. standing back and, and, and making those decisions for ourselves. We're extracting their knowledge and insight that then other communities can apply, like you said, um, to, to, to further efforts in their, in their own areas. Um, and, but then ultimately all of that does rise up to um, advancing broad scale understanding and knowledge in the field about what works, what doesn't, under what conditions, for whom. And, you know, a big piece of that is there are fundamental best practices that, mm-hmm. um, have have a base of evidence behind them, um, but you often have to sort of tailor or adapt those for unique community contexts, um, so that they are truly responsive to a particular community. And I think that's that's another um, place where we really see we, that we have an important role to play. I, I guess with the changes going on in generations now, you know the. Uh... World War II bunch, we're we're sending them off to the sunset, and now the boomers are the next 
that's standing on the cusp, and then these millennials are there. Mm -hmm. But generational change, generations have different needs, generations have different ways Mm -hmm. of of achieving the things they want to achieve, generations have different perspectives. So it needs research to go in there and figure out who they are, what they're about, and leaving some room for them to grow in some directions that nobody is thinking of. And this is what uh, your group does. It goes in there to help figure us out. But I, I would also say we're also ourselves learning and growing all the time, too. And so, for example, um, you know, we have um, teams that are part of our internal structure at Omni called best practice teams, where we are also seeking to constantly, uh, you know, refine our own understanding of best practices, um, you know, drawing from research out there, but also drawing from our experiences on our projects with our clients and communities and learning from them as well about how to ensure that the way that our research and evaluation capacity building services are designed are truly responsive, uh, that they're inclusive, and that they, they serve to advance equity which is really critical. You have to be intentional about that. You have to prioritize that. Um, research and evaluation isn't inherently um, you know, good. You have to come at it with certain intentions and humility um, to make sure that it, that it plays a role in improving social conditions. Or has Omni come across something that you said, you know, society needs to really take another look at this and we need to do some research on it. Or nobody's done anything about it or said anything about it, maybe trying to avoid it. And we need to do some research into it so that we can put some corrections there so that we have a better and stronger community. Yeah, you know, I think we always have our sort of nose to the ground and paying attention to what innovations are happening out there and you know mm-hmm. that we see as, as being important to, to be a part of and to, to educate ourselves on. I, I would say one thing that, that stands out is, um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but um, sort of the more recent innovation in how you can fund um, work in nonprofits, for example, social impact investing. Yeah. Um, if you're familiar with that. And so, the the goals and objectives of the work to advance social good remain the same, but the funding model is very different and no longer necessarily having to rely on foundations or federal or state funding, but rather looking to communities of, of donors and investors and others who are also invested in seeing positive social change and constructing models for the work to be uh, invested in and resourced in those ways. Again, we thank Ms. Jean Denias, leader of the Social Science Consultancy, Omni Institute, for opening us to the inner workings of how community mental health-related goals are achieved through effectively applied research. Again, you can gain additional insight online at omniomni.org. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get yourself vaccinated for your health and your family's safety. And we do thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.